This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Happy Tuesday, everybody. A cold Tuesday. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you. Zach, hello, sir. Hello. What's I love up? It. I love the cold. How was the East Lansing? The East Lansing? Well, I've I've checked it off, and now I don't ever have to go back, which is awesome. And given the trends we've seen throughout Wisconsin's history, they might never go back there again. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a possibility. Possibility. You know, Michigan State get put in the East, Wisconsin in the West, and just never play each other. Well, the like, div- I'm talking. Obviously, they're in the East and West now, but I'm saying like when the Big Ten expands. Yes. And maybe Wisconsin's in the Midwest division. Yeah, then we get Cali Zach. Actually, you know how I feel about the Midwest division. I would love it because they would avoid all the really good teams, hopefully. They're Ohio State in the East. All right. Saturday, there was a football game played, Zach. Wisconsin lost. They are now 3-4. 34-28 Spartans win. There's a lot on this game we'll get to. There also is some transfer portal news and a big weekend in Big Ten football. I have an apology to make about this team. Ooh that I want to hit on in a couple minutes. But first, your eagle eye view. What the hell happened on Saturday? Well, same thing that's been happening all year, Ben. Um, It's not any different. Like anybody that has watched this team probably wouldn't have been surprised what they saw. They saw uh, mistakes penalties-wise. They saw an unclean game, turnovers. Graham Mertz just giving uh, points away with the interception. You had... Uh, the inability to to tackle. You had you had big plays in the pass game. Like they were just, and yet they were right there. They so many times they 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 made so many good plays, and then they just couldn't get out of their way in others. So um, outside, you know, outside of the Ohio State game, outside of the Illinois game, at least they fought. At least they put up a fight, which they did not put up in the second half against Illinois. So at least they they didn't go away. They they could have gone when it went twenty one to fourteen. They could have gone away. Instead, they get the big kickoff. They go down and score the touchdown and send it to overtime. Or you know push the game into potential overtime. But everything that we saw, everything that happened is exactly what's been happening all, all year. The same mistakes continue to pop up again and again. The offensive line, not good enough when it is, there's a penalty. Um, You know, it's just, it's really just one thing after another with this team. Yeah. That's where I want to focus exact, that exact sentence. This team is so consistently inconsistent and, one of it, they haven't won back-to-back games this season. It's game to game, but it's not only game to game. It's half to half, right? They played really well in the first half against Michigan state kind of came out flat in the second half and let Michigan state take control of the game late. You're talking down to down where you see a great play, whether it's offensively or defensively followed by something backbreaking. And that's throughout the game. They can even string together drives of really impressive stuff, touchdowns like they did early in this game, and then go and have punts, six straight possessions before finally scoring at the end. Or you could like player to player, right? Like there are guys that make a spectacular play. Uh, I'm thinking mainly defense, right? Like a guy in the secondary, Kamoe Latu will make a great tackle. And then the next play, the defense as a whole isn't set up or whatever. The consistently uh, consistency down to down is it's glaring. I, and yeah. that's like, that's what this team is. And the apology I want to make is for the last couple weeks, especially since Paul Christ was fired, right? Like I have really glommed on to all of the good I've seen from this team. Like after the Washington state game, I tried to look forward. I said, okay, 
Like, what good can we take away? What actually will mean something as the season goes along? I saw what Graham Mertz did. I, I saw what the passing game could do. I said, okay, like there's something there. If they figure out the stuff you would assume they could figure out. That obviously has not happened. I've glommed on to all the good. And there's like every other play, they do something spectacular. Like I'm rewatching this game. Graham Mertz is connecting with Skylar Bell deep down the field. It's third and 17 and they're moving the chains. A jet sweep moves. And then the next play, boom, sack or holding. Where I've glommed on to the good and my apology to the people. It might just be an apology to myself because I've kept myself in this a little bit too long is I, I just should not have been doing this. Like this is just not that good of a football team and they're, they're inconsistent, but they need people need your positivity. Ben. I try to bring positivity because I, I tried to talk myself into them still being a contender in the West because until they lost this game on Saturday, it was somewhat realistic, especially if Illinois had lost. So now that that ship has sailed, like they're not winning the West. I'm taking a step back and realize, I was overly positive through these stretches of three, four weeks. And it's an apology to myself for spending time talking myself into it. But Ben, to me, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you mentioned the play to play. A perfect example is back to back. Um, false starts, right? Back to back false starts. And the next play is a jet, uh, jet sweep for what was it? 18 yards and a first down. Yeah. At least that's, that's what it is. That's I mean. That's, that's what this team is it's 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 two steps back and a step forward and then obviously another step back um they just sometimes just can't get out of their own way they're they have enough talent to win every single one of these games and yet they have enough they're not good enough as a team to overcome the mistakes on a consistent basis that's what's tough for me is because the ceiling in games and in general look at the northwestern content uh that whole game, you go to the out-of-conference stuff against bad teams, and Northwestern's bad too. But the ceiling is so incredibly high. Like, when it's all running on all cylinders, we have the signs are there, and I've admittedly gone a little too far to that direction that this team is really good. But the problem is, just with the ceiling being super high, the floor is about as low as I've seen it. And they always cancel out, and it brings the team down or puts them in a position where you had some questionable calls late in the game, and, I mean, they're kind of questionable calls all game. A lot of them went against Michigan State. But when you're in a position uh, and you're playing a team on the road that you should be beating somewhat handily, I, the fact that the ref even has a chance to make a call to change it kind of says where you're at. But it's, it's, the thing is, Michigan State, it's not like Michigan State played a clean game or something. It's not like Michigan State played this awesome game. They gave Wisconsin so many. They had more penalties than Wisconsin. They had more penalty yards than Wisconsin. They had, they had 100 yards of penalties. They had more. They had a, a punt return call back perhaps because of a questionable call. Like there were so many things that Michigan state didn't do well and Wisconsin still couldn't win. Like it's not, if you play, if you play a team that's having a great game and they play a perfect game and it's clean, they don't, they don't make any mistakes. Uh, they, there's no turnovers. Just, yeah. I mean, there's, they essentially didn't have any turnovers outside of the turnover on downs at the goal line. Um, you know, it was obviously the, the, interception on the last play of the game i said john torchio would make a play yeah you felt good about <laughs> you felt good about that tweet i was um, joking yeah no they didn't they didn't play clean and wisconsin still couldn't beat them if wisconsin plays a clean game they win that game going away like i kind of think many of us thought they might to uh, do it yeah but, it's weird to me because i mean wisconsin's always the model of consistency maybe i watch too much big 10 football where I see so many teams that are just okay at everything or bad at most things and then okay at some. Iowa's a bad example because of how bad their offense is, but 
Uh, one will come to my brain from this season, at least, where they're just they're fine at everything, and they always just end up on a, a losing side, or more often than not, they aren't able to win these games. I guess the fact that this loss sucks more is because of the good we see at times. And when you're in overtime, like the most glaring example, you mentioned the jet sweep after the false starts, the inconsistency where you're in overtime, uh, the first possession Wisconsin had, and Graham Mertz throws into the end zone and hits two Michigan State Spartans in the chest. Like the game should have been over at that point. And the next play, he comes back and throws a touchdown to Jim Ray DK on a really good throw. We're like, I, that's him at the quarterback position. It is the entire team. So I, I'm venting, honestly, at this point, because, like, oh, that's a brutal loss. Like, that's not a good Michigan State team. And it sucked to see Jalen Berger uh, run a little bit and score. It just, I don't know. You really felt like after the Northwestern game, that could have been a turning point for momentum going forward. And now we sit back and... When you look at what can they still achieve, like a bowl game's important, and we'll get into that, but that felt like it, it could have been another continued turning point if they could string together win number two in a row for the first time. I think we just also have to realize they fired their coach. Yeah. Right? Good teams don't fire their coach. Good teams that are they're playing good football don't fire their coach. And so one week at Northwestern, even though we think the talent's there, playing one good game doesn't mean that you're a good team. And and playing one good game doesn't mean you've turned a corner. I think we've maybe some of us thought they had, but it, it's it's clear that that doesn't that does that's not how it works. You fired you fired your coach. Yeah, that doesn't happen to good teams. So you have to accept that. And anything that goes well the rest of the year, be like, that's awesome. Let's see if they can build on it next year. This season was was lost when they lost to Illinois. Like that, that was the game that ended their season. It ended Paul Chris, Paul Chris era. And it signified this team is not good. They have good moments, but they are not a good team right now. That doesn't mean they couldn't be if, if they had put everything together, but I don't, I mean, unless they they string like the next five together, you can't call us a good team. And I don't even know if you call them a good team. If they do that, I likely wouldn't. They also fired their head coach who was an offensive guy where barely they keep Jim Leonard around. The point is the offense. Uh, it was wrong to expect the offense to be completely fixed after Paul Chris left, right. where it's not like the guy you brought in to then be the head coach is totally taking over and, and changing it. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. I I'm talking myself through it. No doubt, but you're right. Uh, it's a tough loss. Wisconsin gets outgained 389 to 283 Michigan state, more first downs, 19 to 18, Passing yards, that's the glaring one. Michigan State, 290. Wisconsin, 131. Turn, turnovers, 2-1 to one technically. Uh, Michigan State's postgame win expectancy at ESPN, 90.9%. The crazy thing is, Zach, almost all this happened in the second half. Like, Michigan State was able to open up the field. They are able to hit on the explosive plays. I guess the biggest disappointment for me Uh, The biggest disappointment is the passing game, not being able to excel more. And part of that is the offensive line for Wisconsin. But the bigger disappointment is not being able to stop Michigan state through the air where that is how they were going to try to get back in the game. And that was their chance. And Wisconsin's front played pretty well for the most part. But the fact that a big play couldn't have been made late, like that's kind of where the game was shifted for me. Michigan state found a player that they wanted to go after. That's what it comes down to for me. It's 
pretty clear who they thought they could get after, and they got after him a bunch in the fourth and fourth quarter in overtime. It's Ricardo Holman, who's played a ton of football for Wisconsin this year, had Alexander Smith been healthy, had Justin Clark been healthy to start the season, had Cedric Dort been healthy, would he have been getting as much time as he has? Probably not. He's one of those young guys that was kind of forced into it and has played solid for the most part. But they didn't attack Jay Shaw. They didn't attack the slot where Alexander Smith was or, you know, and Justin Clark on the outside sometimes. They went after Ricardo Holman, and he was in position a couple times to make plays, and they were, they were better. They made the plays. And then the touchdown in over to the first touchdown in overtime, got his eyes in the wrong place, and the guy went right by him. When you talk about the inability to stop those big plays, it comes down to guys making a play in the moment. And Ricardo Hallman couldn't do it. And you can put the loss on whoever you want. Uh, it was obviously Ricardo Hallman's guy in the last part, and, and Jaden Reed made an insane play. Like, that's, a, that's an NFL-type catch from Jaden Reed. But when you have corners, they need to be able to make plays in one-on-one situations, and Ricardo Holman couldn't. And that, to me, was was the biggest part of the the inability to slow the passing game. And the safety help over the top, kind of. The what do you? Unit. I mean, what, it's man. You you are man up. Not that play specifically. I mean, which one overall, are we talking about here? Um, I'll go back to the one. It might have been the Coleman touchdown uh, to give Michigan State the lead in regulation when it was twenty-one to fourteen. Just a back shoulder. Yeah. He, just, he just threw it out there because he he had he knew he had single coverage. Like I don't know where you're. I mean, you're asking for safety help over over way over there, right? Is that that's what you're saying? I don't mean that. Just the general operation of the secondary. I see what you're saying. With they did go after one guy, um, but the whole operation of it back there, because also the tight end got loose for a 72 yard run. You know, that was a, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was a. Um, and John Torchio talked about it afterwards. It was a mistake, obviously on his part. And then it was he compounded that mistake by trying to knock the ball loose instead of just tackling the guy. It's a big dude. It's a big dude. It's a really big. Dude. It's a big dude, but he didn't even try to tackle him. Yeah, and he he said as much. So, I mean, that was a huge that was a huge situation. Third and six, they get away with the false start. They convert on third and six, and the next play it's that seventy yard, uh, that that long play to to the tight end that set up the uh, the, the game time touchdown. So. Yes, the secondary gave up way too many big plays. Uh, for the most part, though, it was to me it was uh, limited to late in the in the fourth quarter in overtime. Like, I mean, fifty, seventy-five to one hundred yards of that. I mean, seventy-five to one hundred yards or one hundred and seventy yards of that probably came on four plays. I would four yeah, or five plays. I would say so. Of yeah. the two hundred of the two hundred in the second half, they threw for about two hundred in the second half. About about. Four or five plays it came on. Oh, yeah. Jaden Reed had a 28-yarder. Keon Coleman, 27-yarder. Malik Carr, the tight end, seven. that one catch for 72 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's... But, again, that's kind of what we've seen from the defense much of this season. You can go back all the way to week one, and the one thing Illinois State could do a bit was throw into somewhat single coverage and move the ball through the air. Yeah, the, so, this is where the injury... Look, this is where the injuries show up, in my opinion. Um uh, not having Hunter Waller sucks. I thought Kamali Latu, again, just an absolute dog, playing the way that he did, playing the way he did through that injury. Because with, if he hadn't played, that would have been, I don't want to call it a disaster, but that would have been an even tougher look for that defense because uh, it would have been asking Titus Toller to play a ton. And Titus Toller is the one that uh, was on the 
Yes. <laughs> on the yes. railroad tracks when Jalen Berger was coming through. So, um, and then Alexander Smith, obviously still working his way back. They didn't have Cedric Tort. They haven't had various guys throughout the entire year. It's, it's, it's been a tough, tough thing. So it's been, it, when you are playing so many new guys back there and then you have injuries co- crop up and every team in the country has injuries, but the secondary has been, uh, been, been hit pretty hard. Yeah. So we're going to get into Jim Leonard, his second game as head coach, not projecting forward as to, you know, win or lose the job, but kind of how is this all working now still with him as head coach? I mean, it to me is an execution thing more than anything, or even earlier in the game when Michigan state did have a lot of success, you saw them go fast and you saw them catch Wisconsin kind of off guard. Uh, maybe the plays came in a little late or they were late getting set up when Michigan state went into tempo, when they got a rhythm, they really found success, but yeah, it's a, it's a defensive performance that I guess has been a, a microcosm like with the offense and the team as a whole of the season so far. Um, I, I mean, I need to say it. If we're talking about the defense, Keanu Benton was ridiculous, especially at the beginning of this game. And then when he went out the beginning, Michigan state was able to move the ball. Like it's night and day what the defense is without him. I kind of sat back. It's like, how many of those game changers do they have on this whole roster? I would say where I sit right now, probably two. Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig. On defense? Even roster as a whole. I mean, Braylon Allen, I would probably include. But even so, it's I, I, is he able to go and like win? He wasn't able to win this one, and that's asking a lot because well, Michigan he, State well, either scored. Was, either was Keanu Benton or, and either was Nick Herbig. That's true. That's true. But that, the unit as a whole what like was performing at a much higher level when he was on the field. That's and been the, yeah, that's, it was all because of him. Yeah, I mean, it's been the case all year for him. Yeah. I mean, they, the drop-off right now is is pretty significant. And the fact is, he was not even close to being healthy. I mean, he was dragging his leg out there every single time he was coming off the field. Um, a, a hell of an effort from him. A hell of an effort from a bunch of guys on defense, like trying to push through, and they knew that they needed to play, and, the, and they played. They just couldn't, honestly, uh, they, they just couldn't get it across uh, across the finish line. Yeah, Muma Jong Meta clued him in that, too. I thought he played well. Um, yeah, another another guy who's dealing with a broken, you know, had surgery before the Northwestern game and is dealing with uh, injuries as well. Again, it feels like I've been saying that you could say that almost with every team in the country, but it feels like Wisconsin has been hit as hard as anybody. Yeah, and already a defense that was replaced trying. a lot of guys yep. and kind of needed it all to go perfectly Yep. and then faces all the adversity. All right, that is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. Michigan State 34, Wisconsin 28 is your final from Saturday. I want to talk about the offense when we return. I also have a question up on my Twitter account about the future of this season. We'll get to that. The question has to do with Graham Mertz, though. It's something that continues to crop up. We'll address it next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. A piece of programming news I neglected to mention in the first segment. Coming up on Thursday... Not only are we live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie from 5 to 6, talking Wisconsin-Purdue. This could be an all-time weekend, Zach, for me eating my own words, where if Illinois somehow loses, I need to check who they play. And Purdue comes into Wisconsin. State, I'm pretty sure. This weekend? I believe so. Uh, If Purdue gets in the driver's seat of the West, uh, we are down the path quickly, barreling towards the finish line of me 
having to walk back some things I said preseason, but we'll deal with that when we get there. We're live in Monk's Bar and Grill on Thursday, 5 to 6. We also... My bad. Uh, Michigan State is at Michigan. Uh, they are on a... They're on oh, a I knew that. They're on a bye this week, but then they play at Michigan. Michigan State is playing Michigan at night for the second time ever. The first time since that drop, punt, snap, oh. return, touchdown game. Yeah. Illinois also uh, on a bye this weekend. They Then they go to Nebraska. Gotcha. Oh, that'll be a fun one. I feel like Nebraska wins that game. You wish. We'll do that in our picks coming up in, I guess, a week and a half. But on Thursday, we are in for Mr. Bill Michaels yes. from 10 to 2. Can't wait. On these airwaves as well as stations across the state. A lot of Badger, uh, some Badger talk, I'm sure, even though I, I feel like interest, like, if you're listening to this show, I figure you're somewhat of a diehard fan and you are very invested in the program. Otherwise, I know all of my friends I was in school with are kind of checked out now from this season, definitely, now that the West is kind of out of play. So I feel like the the people that, that live here and your friends, for the most part, don't live here, right? Correct. Yeah. So uh, I think I feel like the people that live here probably still care, maybe not about the season, but about the program and like the way it's headed and, and different things that are happening in that respect. I, that said... When you look at the the podcast numbers, just in general, of like where people are listening from, a lot of people in Chicago, a lot of people in New York. So there there is there is some there is some care level even outside of the, uh, even outside of the state. But and a lot of people listening to when Paul Christ was fired. Yes, for some reason that was a a big listening point. Yeah, but also Thursday, NBA season gets going too. I think it gets going tonight. The true NBA, not? like, but the what people care about the Bucks. Yes, yes, um, at. The 76ers. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, maybe, maybe we'll have a little bet on that one. Glenn Rivers and company and and, and the beard as well as the, yeah. be- the, the, the slim down beard. Allegedly. Pictures today no. do not oh, lend really? to the 100 pound rumors, but we'll deal with that on Thursday. We'll get into it. I'm excited to talk some NBA. When we're talking Wisconsin, there's a Twitter question up at Ben Z. Kenny. Will the Wisconsin Badgers make a bowl game? Right now, 350 votes in. Do you want to guess what the margin is? Or do you want to say whether you think they'll make it? I think the margin is (laughs) 54-46. Did you just look? No. Uh, That's completely correct. In which direction, though? Uh, No. Yes. 54% say no. 46% say yes. Yeah. Uh, I voted no. But I think this weekend's game could be the turning point. Not the turning point. The, uh, the If it goes one way or the other. If they win this weekend, then I think they do make a bowl game. If they lose this weekend, I don't think they do. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to the Iowa game more than anything, as I've expressed, because no team will play into what Wisconsin can do well half the time as much as Iowa. That should be a fun one. Well, I think Kinnick. Yeah, yeah. I, I think outside of the bowl, like the necessity of bowl game, because not for the streak, the streak doesn't matter, but the ability to have a few more practices for a young team, uh, certainly I think is valuable. Well, and for a team with Jim Leonard as head coach. Right, right. Where a lot of those young guys, yes, they're going to play next year and going forward, but I, I'm sure Jim Leonard also wants to, like the more days he can get in the building, I'm sure the better for not his prospects of getting the job, but for when we go into next year, how well does the team perform? How does does he have a good feel around the program? But would also allow him to start building the staff, assuming he were to keep the job. And if he were not, if they don't make a bowl game, it allows Chris McIntosh to say, "Hey, 
all right, this either I'm going with Jim or I'm not. I mean, it, it, it gives you another couple weeks, right? Like the bowl game wouldn't be until uh, the middle of December, like, you know, the end of December. Or the beginning. It wouldn't be in the beginning of December. <laughs> but like the guaranteed rate bowl, I believe, is like one of the bowl games they're projected to go to. Um, that would be like December 26th or 7th or something like that. You know, that's really good branding. If I were a business and I'd want to stick my brand to something, I wouldn't want some really high-class bowl. I would want to be the bowl everybody complains about. So this exact conversation brings up my company's name. Do you know what guaranteed rate is? No. Yeah, neither do I. So they're not insurance. Whatever maybe. it is, whatever it is, they're not doing a very good job of getting the, the, <laughs> the that or that across. But that said, like if he, if they don't go to the bowl game, Chris McIntosh says, "Yeah, Jim Leonard's my guy." It allows Jim Leonard to start building his staff earlier, allows him to get into homes right away and start building building uh, rapport. Um, obviously, the early signing period, you know, is pretty significant. Uh, to not to be able to have that guarantee that it this is this is going to be Jim Leonard, it is going to be Jim Leonard, and on signing day, I know who my coach is going to be. I think is is pretty significant. Again, maybe Chris uh, McIntosh won't do that. Um, I think it would be a mistake on his part, but I, I feel like he needs to give the kids and the staff and Jim Leonard one way or the other. Either this is how it's going to be or this we're going to go out and find somebody else. I agree, man. That's all going to happen so fast that we're going to get to the end of the season. It's like, boom, here's a decision that will impact the future of the Wisconsin football program. I just don't see any any other way than it being Jim Leonard. Oh, I agree. I, I agree, especially. I, again, I didn't see any way that Paul Chris is going to be fired this year either. So, <laughs> um, you know, take that for what it's I worth. I said I didn't see a way that they wouldn't make a bowl game, and that's already looking. Uh, I I didn't get your take. Yeah, where where are you at? I think they make a bowl game. And that's banking more on the fact that I, I'm the biggest Iowa hater in the world. Uh, that's banking on the fact Peters will start that game. So you would hope they have to go two and one, right? They have to go three and two. Three and two. Excuse me. Yes. So I think Iowa's a win. I think they could easily win this weekend. Like they could still string together somehow performances of not great play and then backbreaking mistake. They could, in theory, come out against Purdue. And if Charlie Jones is 100%, which I, I think he got dinged up last week, I assume he'll play. They could win that game. Nebraska is going to score a lot, but they're a disaster defensively. Like, I think they make a bowl game because I want to put my hat on something. Because if I say that I don't think they will, then uh, what in the world am I doing on Saturday? Well... You're watching college football because you love college football, but you don't even care about college football right now. You're wearing a Phillies hat. You're you're obsessed with uh, the MLB playoffs. Phillies fever. Yes, yeah. I do have Phillies fever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still a little hungover from this weekend. It was a lot of fun. All right, Zach, I, I had to ask you this. I was talking about it entering break. Saturday was a somewhat continuation of a trend we have seen throughout Graham Mertz's career. And someone asked me this morning whether I was going to, quote, throw Mertz out like and just say he's not good, which... I'm not going to do. He is very inconsistent. And they're, the highs are pretty darn high, and the lows are quite troubling. Yet, now throughout his career, we have seen a sample size grow from a couple games to some more. He has not played well in a big-time game on the road. A game where there are real fans, like real people there, which means Northwestern does not count and COVID does not count. So all of the road games he's played, uh, and... The Notre Dame game, I guess, is kind of a road game, and I'm not going to count it because it was 50-50, but you're talking Minnesota from uh, 2021. You're talking Ohio State. You're talking this game. 
I Once it goes on the road, it looks completely different. And I don't know how to explain it. It's just happening. I can. It's very easy. What do those pressure numbers and sack numbers and ability inability to consist, have a consistent ground game, what, what do those numbers tell you? I do not because have. I, because I have a feeling, if you go back and look, I know for, for a fact this past week was that way, but certainly at Ohio State, at Minnesota last year, he spent a lot of time on his butt and a lot of it early. And when he gets hit early, his feet start moving in the pocket. There's very little, um, you don't have the same footwork and, and things don't look nearly as well. Um, when he gets time to throw at, on the road or at home, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He can make every throw that you, that you want. Um, it's just consistency. When he starts getting hit, the lack, it, it, it doesn't always look the greatest, but as we said, he threw the just the stupidest throw he possibly could in overtime, the first overtime, and he comes back and hits Chimarana on a crosser that he takes for six. There are good and bad on the road, for sure. But to me, it's simply about him getting hit. I don't think it has anything to do with the crowd or anything like that. The opponent getting after him and being in his face, it's pretty clear that that affects him. And it affects all quarterbacks, but I feel like it affects him as much as anybody. That makes sense. I, the ground game was okay, but he was getting hit a lot. Maybe. Braylon Allen went forward for the most part. Very herky, herky-jerky. Yeah, he went forward. It was forward and then nothing and then forward and then... But it was forward, then to the side, and then looking over this way and then looking over that way. Like there were... I mean, he, he was also hit early. But but you're right. Up front, that is... It does feel like where it starts. I mean, is... Was this Michigan State's defensive line just balling, or was this the offensive line for Wisconsin? Again, we see them play quite well one week, and then the next you, you scratch your head. You can't tell me that Michigan State's defensive line doesn't have some talent on it. They do. Oh, they and, do. And, and Wyndham is is a beast um, at, at linebacker and just being able to do a whole bunch of different things for them. And he's obviously the one that made the play of the game with the fumble, with the forced fumble on, uh, on Braylon. But that defensive line did what it wanted to, especially against Wisconsin's interior alignment. I, and specifically, specifically Michael Furtney. Um, it's why he got benched. I mean, they, they brought Tyler Beach in, you know, he was playing that tight end spot. And in the second half, all of a sudden you see number 60, he's wearing 40 number. And all of a sudden the second half, he's wearing a 65 and, uh, and getting playing time at right guard. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. I would be shocked if Michael Furtney's in the starting lineup this week. Um, um, you know, obviously it depends how healthy Tyler Beach is, uh, whether it's at left guard or right guard, uh, Tyler Beach is going to be probably in the lineup along with, with Tanner Bordellini, who did not have a very good game. And he admitted as much uh, when I talked to him on Monday, they, they need better from, from their interior linemen. There's no doubt. And hopefully we get Malman back Stop as it. well. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm done having that conversation. I'm really, like, I'm just done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, I don't mean to laugh. It's like I've been it's been literally when you say week to week, when people say it, sometimes it's a figure of speech for he'll be out three to four weeks. I have come on this show every single week and say, oh, moment coming back this weekend. He's not on the status report. Well, guess what? <laughs> he hasn't been on the status report all year and he's not on the status report this week. My guess with him and with and with Hunter Wohler will be guys we're going to see after the bye week. But um, I guess. I mean, I, I, I've not even seen Riley Mallman like in any situation uh, whatsoever. 
he did not travel last week, so it's not like he was close to playing, even though Jim Leonard said he was a game-time decision. Um, they, it, It's tough. It's tough. And yet, Trey Wedig was was fine. Like he's he, he is not that big of a drop off from from what Riley Malvin gives them. I have one final thing on the. Do you have anything else from this game before we talk portal? No, I've actually been done with this game since I got home on Sunday morning. Understood. I have one final thing from this game. Wisconsin, since Jim Leonard has taken over as head coach, is one and zero when they have worn suits off of the bus. Oh, Jesus. In times they have not worn suits off the bus, they're 0-1. That was a huge concern. I, I mean, I, when, I, when I saw it come off the bus, I'm like, oh, boy. Maybe that parent was right, the Maybe anonymous parent in the athletic piece. Quaker <laughs> community was thrown in there. Again, <laughs> don't talk about the damn Quakers. So, yeah, I had to throw, and red pants had worked, didn't work. So the mojo from that gone a little bit i guess they literally have nothing to, to to fall back on other than suits off the bus suits off the bus i'm saying all right i'm gonna get that I'll try to get it trending on twitter going into the iowa game suits off the bus purdue it's kind of put that to the side charlie jones might go for like 250 this weekend uh, i'm trying to find an over under prop for his receiving yards i just want to know how vegas sees it because well, i'm telling you man the last two times that these teams have played they've made aoc look pedestrian very much so uh to put it simply, yeah, uh, I'm with you. Definitely the hope. All right, that is Zach Halperin. I am Ben Kenny. When we return, the portaling has continued. We'll talk about it next. This is Kenny and Halperin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in. It's Kenny and Heilprin. We are live again. Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, Thursday, 5 to 6. Thursday during the day, four hours of an extended version of this program, talking about more than just the Badgers. I'm excited. Uh, We don't really have time to take phone calls on this here program, but we will have ample time to. Thursday, 10 to 2, 877-867-1670 will be the number if you want to write it down, listening to the podcast <laughs> and then hit us up while we were on the air, that will be appreciated. If, if you have things that you've been waiting to yell at me about for months, listening to this show, that is the perfect platform to do it because you already do it on Twitter. So if you want to call in more than welcome. All right, Zach, have you been getting abused on Twitter? A little bit. Yeah. Badger abuse. Yeah, really? Oh, I, I am no okay. matter what. Okay. Rather it's a positive thing or a negative thing. And do you respond to all this stuff? I don't respond to anything. Oh, okay. I respond to a very select amount of things only when I can actually add something intelligent to the mm. conversation. It's but, Twitter, so probably not too often then. Yeah. For instance, when I uh, tweeted, will Wisconsin make a bowl game? Someone was asking, why would we care? Because it's a bad bowl. And I said, bowl practices, things like that. No, I don't respond to, to all of the hate. Um, some people do. I choose not to. Zach, the portaling has continued. Since Wisconsin's loss to Michigan State, Marcus Allen, wide receiver, and Stefan Bracey, wide receiver, have both announced they are entering the portal. To me, it's a continuation of our conversation from last Thursday, which is up as a podcast. The portaling is going to happen no matter what in this age of college football. It especially, and this is all my perspective on it, it especially will happen when you fire a head coach. And it especially will happen on his side of the football, which is the offensive side. 
if this was a large slew of defensive guys, high four-star recruits, like all of the outside linebacker room that isn't playing, if they all entered, I would wave somewhat of a red flag and say, okay, wait, if Jim Leonard is probably going to stay, why are they all leaving? But that's not happening. This is on the offensive side of the ball, which you would expect to probably have new coaches next year, no matter who gets the job. And I figure like a lot of these guys, as you said last week, they're, they're Paul Chris guys. So it doesn't startle me and neither we're playing that much. So that's yeah. my, I mean, Stephon Bracey has played in five games in four years and we played, will always did, have that kick return. Yeah. You'll always have the kick return against Nebraska to start last year. And he promptly got hurt the next week at Minnesota and, and hasn't played yet this year. Uh, Bobby Ingram was asked about like where he was <laughs> physically uh, this year. And he goes, you're, yeah, you're probably going to go want to ask the medical team. I have, I have no idea. Um, but the Marcus Allen one is, is a little bit more, not eye-opening, but just like eh, a little bit surprising just because he has so much ta- uh, so much expectation for what he could potentially be in the program. And yet it just, he wasn't able to put it on the field. He got opportunities. He didn't necessarily take care of my, uh, should say take advantage of them. I mean, some people have pointed to the Northwestern game as like his first touchdown. Did you see when that first touchdown came? It was in the fourth quarter when the game was out of hand and that's the first, I mean, that's when he was actually getting playing time and being targeted. Like the, he had been, he had lost playing time and he didn't even play against Michigan state. Uh, Dean Ingram played at Michigan state. He did not Vinny Anthony. They have a, they they certainly have expectations and, and hope for him later. Jet sweeps, jet sweep Vinny. Yeah. But like I was the, trying to get out, but the top three of Chim Radike, Keontes Lewis and Skylar Bell played almost every snap at wide receiver for them on Saturday night. And Skylar Bell was balling for the most part. Like he, he's making some plays. All three of them are balling. Like the, yeah. uh, you want it, you want them involved. Now it, it's unfortunate because I do think Marcus Allen has some talent and he'll probably end up at a place where he's going to uh, be able to show, show that a little bit more, but that is of, of the four that have happened. That's certainly the only one that you would be like, Oh, maybe he could have helped him down the line, but it's not like you're losing your best wide receiver. You're losing the guy that was probably fifth or sixth in the depth chart right now. Correct. And is it a situation where he should, like, it's hard because when you're a developmental program like Wisconsin, this is where the current age of college football hurts a bit. Where in the past, you would have been able to keep certain guys around. And it's hard to look at everyone who left last year because of all the circumstances and whatever else. But, I mean, what if you had a, a Caden Lyles on this offensive line? And that's, he, he was old. Well, he maybe got up, he got a beat up by Joe Tipman last year. Could have fought for a guard spot. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Point like you were able to keep around a lot more guys and most guys before, you know, the portal era became prevalent. Yes. And now it is so important that you go and kind of uh, discount, go again, get guys back in to counteract the losses, which I would argue many people are saying, oh, Wisconsin can't do much in the portal. Look at look at a, a lot of the contributors on this team. They, I would say, have done a terrific job so far in the portal, and that's something I would assume. If Jim Leonard's going to be head coach, you better bet that he's going to talk with McIntosh and have have a vision for the future of college football and where Wisconsin stands in it. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It really matters who the coach is it, going forward in terms of how you attack the transfer portal. Like it's it's just part of college football now. You have to be okay with that, and I think Paul Christ was. Um, 
he he certainly I mean if if he wasn't he wouldn't allow them to to fill the the DB spot the way they did and he wouldn't have been okay with bringing on Keontae Lewis and he clearly is he, he was clearly on board with that but it, you have to attack it in a couple different ways but when it comes to these guys quitting which is some what people some people have have said about yeah and that type of thing I I would like to see them finish it out but I'm not going to sit there and call them quitters. Some people might. Perhaps the uh, Wisconsin football Twitter account may may call these guys uh, quitters. Just look, a, I'm not saying that's what they're doing here, but th- their most their most recent tweet from the Wisconsin official tweet uh, Twitter account is: "When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength." And the picture is of Skylar Bell and Chimray DK and Keontes Lewis and wide receivers coach Albus Witted after. His, there is not a a, a sideshow going on. It's Paul Chris. There's no sideshow going there's no, on. There's no sideshow going on. In the build. On. Yeah. Like, that's the tweet, and that's the picture. I'm not saying they're calling these other guys quitters, but it's just a, it, it feels kind of like you're calling them quitters. Yeah. It, it, that's a big thought. Em, that's, that's like a big thought emoji, like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's your profile picture sitting next it to. Is. sitting Sitting in front of PJ Fleck. No longer first place head coach PJ Fleck. No, now it's uh, um, well, we did interview the first place head coach though as well. So yes, that going for us. Big Brett, man, he has those boys playing. He does. That gonna, it's a really good defense. They haven't, they haven't played any good offense, but they've, they've they're a good defense. We're gonna touch on that coming up next. Uh, the portaling will continue, and as I had the public service announcement last week, unless all of the starters and all of your best players leave, do not wave any type of alarm flags. They fired their coach. This is going to happen. Some of you, like, I, w- I would love if Marcus Allen had stayed. Kind of sucks. I, I thought I was excited about what he could do and his potential, but it is what it is. Now you hope they go out and get good players like they have done with Contez Lewis, as it seems, with Kamoe Latu, as well as it seems. Um, Ches Malusi, obviously, although the injuries have hurt. They've done a good job. Uh, Jay Shaw as well. And, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, they've done fine. These are I, these are not going to be the last guys that leave, uh, and I don't think they're going to be the last guys that leave here in the next two weeks. They, they they have until they have another two weeks here to to uh, decide whether to transfer or not based on these new NCAA rules. And so I've, I, I imagine we'll see a few more go out. All right, uh, we shall keep everyone updated as that time goes along. He is at Zach Heilprint on Twitter. I'm at Ben Z Kenny. I'm sure. Uh, the discussion will also take place on that platform. We're going to step away a couple minutes when we return the Big Ten wraparound, including Big Brett and the first place Illinois Fighting Illini. Thoughts on all of that coming up next. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. A couple minutes before we are out of here, Guy Harry hits us up on Twitter. Why should we care about Wisconsin making a bowl game, Zach? It's another reason to ingest beer and pizza on either a weeknight or a weekend night or whenever. It's a fun time to get around the couch or the bar and watch a fun sport. Good or, point. Or, yeah. Or a horrible stadium. Exactly. <laughs> or an amazing city. I would love, actually, if they get close to making it and I can figure out which lower-end bowl they're going to, I want to find the best city I want you to go to. Phoenix? No. I'm Shreveport? 
I, I'm talking more like Detroit? Birmingham, like the Birmingham, Alabama Bowl, where it's just nowhere. Detroit? I'm not going to crap on Detroit. Best airport in America. My favorite airport in America, Detroit. Um, all right, Big Ten wraparound. Not many games, a lot of bye weeks. Michigan throttled Penn State on Saturday. Uh, they crushed him. They threw a pick six. It seems like this is the turn of the corner. Like Michigan, you look down the rest of their schedule, and really good shot they're undefeated playing Ohio State, which then that becomes kind of the pseudo championship game, which is good for the conference because if it's just Ohio State running through everybody, um, you, you need at least one high stakes game in there. So I'm excited for that as a fan. Uh, Maryland 38, Indiana 33, whatever. Maryland's pretty good. Tagovailoa carted off. Yes, yes. And I haven't seen his status since then. Uh, Purdue 43, Nebraska 37. Back and forth. A crazy high-scoring one. Nebraska is going to score on Wisconsin, and so will Purdue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the takeaway. But Wisconsin should be able to move the ball against those defenses. And then the, the absolute banger of the weekend... Uh, and by that, I mean the Illinois Fighting Illini are ranked. They are in first place in the Big Ten West. Time. They are uh, they're in first place in the Big Ten West. Okay. I mean, if, if you're not going to say that about Purdue, you might can't say it about Illinois. Um, I Still, jury's still out on Purdue. We'll see. Uh, Illinois 26, Minnesota 14. DeVito plays. I didn't think Shocker he would. Shocker Shocker. And, I mean, they just they throttled him. This Illinois, as the weeks go by, and this is going to sound like Homer Ben, Washington State's showed they've had some game. Ohio State's amazing. Illinois has more game than we thought. They've scored 89 points in conference games, <laughs> and they're 3-1. and one. <laughs> After I started the show saying I'm sorry for buying into this team too much, I'm going to end it by saying the teams they're losing to look pretty good, except for Michigan State. <laughs> 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 So there's that. Uh, by the way, our picks is now tied. Our Ooh. our contest. Zach went two and three after texting me when he was two and zero on Saturday. So we're tied. We'll give updates to that on Thursday and our picks as well. Talk to you 10 a.m. Thursday. Many of these same stations. Come hang out. Call. Say hello. And then we're back Thursday night as well. Thanks for hanging around, everybody. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.